Shanti. And it's Antoinette. And you are listening to Around, Around the, the Way, Way Curls. We are two Philly bred best friends who strive to produce content that is authentic, unapologetic, and exalting of the magic we see in ourselves and in you. Join us as we oscillate between love and light and money and dicks because, because duality, duality is, is a thing. thing. Yizzo! Good evening. Good after. Good morning. Good afternoon. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Shanti. I got to get like a cr- catchphrase. Again, I go back to this. You like have your intro. Yizzo. And my mind's always fumbling around. You're always like, hi. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> What's up? What's going on? Hi. How are you? I'm well. Sitting here with my candle and a glass of wine, girl. Oh, a whole white woman. I know. I'm becoming a white woman. I'm like, I'm fucking stressed. I need. <laughs> I love it. I'm sitting here with my water and my kombucha, living my best life. I uh, see. Uh, as well. A white woman as well. Uh, amen. <laughs> <laughs> What's crackalack and how was your, um, how was your Easter? How was your holiday? I saw that you made some food. Didn't what even Easter invite me. So nice. I feel. I think Easter is my favorite holiday after Why? Thanksgiving. Why? I, I don't know. The weather's just breaking. It's one of the few holidays where like it's <laughs> nothing great to weather. do with Jesus. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, who? <laughs> I thought you were gonna be like because Jesus rose. Jesus had died and then he had come back again. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, God. We lose so many religious people. You saw that girl in the comment? She was mad as shit. What, Did you see it? you talking about Catholicism? No. I said, no, I said, I said, <laughs> Jesus had a what? You, you what? said something a couple weeks ago, and you were like, the Jesus's womb, the womb of Jesus. And I was like, <laughs> No, thy right. womb, Jesus. I think that is right. But um, no, she was mad at the... Um, at the tweet that I posted when I said just like um just like God, Beyonce's always on time. She was like, do not compare Beyonce to God. And then I was like, relax, just stop, just pump your brakes, chill. And then she, and then I wrote back, I was like, but aren't we all gods? Because I am a god. Yeah. She was pissed. I, I you know what? Our followers went down, actually. I think she was might have been the she person that got us. One person. Yep. <laughs> I think she was. Because I think she unfollowed us she and we're back to like, we're too. back to like 0.4 instead of 0.5, but that's all right. Yo, fuck this. This organic, baby. <laughs> no, for real. How was your Easter? I saw um, your uh, boo was boo loving with you and oh, your baby. How did you see that? Because I follow him and he posted a lovely picture of your lovely daughter who he loves too. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't even know what you're talking about. Anyway, you didn't see I'm just it? Kidding. He posted a picture yeah, I of did. her. I know what the oh. fuck you're talking about. All right? Oh. It was wonderful and it was so nice. And he probably spending time with him made it a million times better. You know who you are. Was he, was he really... good with bad barbs? Oh, man. It got crazy. 
Not with, I mean, he has, he's learning how to handle her. My mom is cantankerous as fuck. Cantankerous. And yes. Bitch, yes. Come through. I don't even know what I that means. Little, I need to look it up. Cantankerous. <laughs> what does that mean, please? Just how it sounds. Just like ornery and Oh, she just, oh, she just. <laughs> She just defined it with ornery. <laughs> she has elevated us. Oh my God. Yo. Shout out to you. All right. See, you spent she spent a little time over Easter with her white mother and came back talking about ornery and cantankerous. This, this is outrageous. <laughs> the juxtaposition of the That's so bad. That's so bad. Oh, my God. No, but it was good. It was really, really nice. I was around lovely people. Um, we made, we're starting a tradition of making dumplings for Easter di- um, dinner. So we like hand roll <laughs> dumplings and fry them. And we had fried fish and salad. It was just, it was so nice. I couldn't have imagined a better time. Oh, you that's know? wonderful. And um, well, how about you? Uh, I didn't do anything for Easter. I have some really new fly Nikes. That, I was about to like, say you fucked it up on these streets with those <laughs> fucking Easter sneakers. I was like, let me whip the. I had them for so I had them for like a month and I haven't worn them. So I was like, this these gonna be my Easter shoes. Um, but yeah, I just went to brunch with uh, Jade of All Jades, my girlfriend Jade and Angie, and um, we went to this spot in Brooklyn. Um, it's on it's on decal. Uh, Imani. If anybody has not been to Imani, y'all need to go. Uh, they had a jerk chicken mac and cheese, bitch. It was so good. <laughs> Tore it up. Um, yeah, and then I just like went to Trader Joe's meal prep and was getting my life together. That was that's the only thing Jesus would have wanted. Yeah, get some kicks, eat some brunch. Yeah, you know. Uh, so I don't really have a lot of Easter updates, but what I do have is politics as usual. <clears throat> Listen, oh I'm god. super hype. I'm super hype. So Shanti, just bear with me. Oh my god! <laughs> Last, well, today is Tuesday. So this past Monday, uh, CNN hosted a town hall with five um, Democratic candidates for president. Um, they were not on stage at the same time. Uh, it wasn't a debate. It was a town hall. And What's it was, the difference between a town hall and debate? People just can I just said they weren't on stage at the same time and they're not debating each other. They're That's just the answering difference? questions from the audience. Oh. <laughs> so we had Amy Klobuchar, um, Elizabeth Warren, Bor- uh, boring, oh my God, Bernie Sanders, uh, Kamala Harris, and Mayor Pete. Pete Buttigieg. Amy Klobuchar was, she went first. She was a snooze. Um, She really, it wasn't her audience. She's a moderate. They were at a college. I think they were at Harvard. And um, that's just not her audience. It's like young, progressive people. So she was, no one's even talking about her. It was as if she wasn't even there. Um, And then we had Elizabeth Warren, who ended up being the favorite of the night, which I really- I really like Elizabeth Warren's policies. Like Elizabeth Warren is the one person that's all she's talking about policy. Like she has this whole Native American thing that she's apologized for a lot, like a lot. But her her policy was blessing her that evening. 
(laughs) But her policies, um, and she made a switch. Like, she's proposing or has proposed this, like, um, wealthy tax, like this tax on the wealthy. Um, And she... The verbiage that she was always using was this 2%, 2%, which to me and you, like, I don't understand what 2% is. Like, what does that look like? And she broke it down yesterday in a way where it kind of, like, you heard the audience like, oh. So basically what she's proposing is anyone that makes over $50 million a year, um, that every dollar after that $50 million, two cents to every dollar from that 50 million, or excuse me, 50 million and above, will then be taxed. So they were proposed, the the Republicans were basically trying to say that this plan was outrageous, it was this, it was that, and she's like, I'm talking about two cents on the dollar, two dollars above 50 million. So when she put it into those terms, it became like much more, um, I guess, reasonable in poor people like ours minds. And so people were like, especially young students, they were all about it. And then she rolled out this like student loan forgiveness program right before the town hall. So she just came uh, look. She just came out on top. She just looked like a winner. That's what everybody's saying that she definitely had the best uh, performance. Then uh, Kamala Harris's ass came out there. I know. Look, look. It's Kamala, a lot of people. What she say? What she come she, out to? They she ain't say shit. She didn't say shit. Like Kamala is a very uh, well-respected lawyer, and she was up there with her lawyer speak. Every question that people asked her, she was just like, "Oh, well, I think we should have that conversation." That's not an answer. What is your stance? So I was super frustrated with who, her. Who got to Go ask the questions? The students oh, in okay. the town hall. Okay. And then, like, the, the moderator would jump in, too. So I was really frustrated with Kamala. Like, I know that she's black. I know that she's a woman. I don't care. I don't trust her. I've explained why. And she has not presented anything to me that I feel is, like, worth voting for her. So I'm over her. Then Bernie came out. And Bernie did what Bernie does. I disagree with Bernie wholeheartedly on one subject that he brought up. Um, Everything else, you know, I I definitely can get behind Bernie Sanders. But he, which I really respect him taking this stance and owning it, um, he came out and he kind of danced around the whole Trump impeachment thing where he didn't dance around it, but he just said basically it's a bad idea to put all this emphasis on Trump and Mueller because that's going to get Trump reelected. That I agree with. I think we need to just chill out on the impeachment because he's never going to be impeached. We'll just do the process for the history books and it'll be blocked by the Republicans. So it's silly to like waste all this manpower in my mind. Um, but he took an interesting stand where he said that all, um, all I guess, convicted felons, all people that are, that are incarcerated should have the right to vote. Mm. On the outside, that sounds really great. But the pushback from the um, the uh, commentator was like, he said, well, are you talking about nonviolent people? Are you talking about like non-sexual predators? Like who qualifies for this? And Bernie was like, this is, unpo- this is gonna be unpopular, but everyone. He was mm. like, monsters should have the right to vote as well. And that was when I was like, no. And I I really, I think I've been talking about this today and so many people are surprised by my stance, but I just feel like, no, 
I am all, I am for if you are a nonviolent, non-sexual um, uh, inmate, then I think sure you should have the right to vote. You're serving your time, whatever. I definitely think that when people get out of prison, they should be allowed to vote once their time has been served. But as a victim of rape and sexual abuse and pedophilia, I do not believe those monsters should be allowed to vote while they are serving time. That I feel I have a very strong, I had a very strong visceral reaction to that of like, hell no. Like that means Ted Bundy in jail, can he can vote. Like, fuck you. You look, you, in my mind, you lose certain privileges when you go to jail. What's and when the difference you, if they get out? What's the difference? Well, the, the idea is that you've served your time. You've repaid, you know, the state what you owe, like you, you're quote unquote rehabilitated. Like you've done your time. You shouldn't come, you shouldn't be punished further. You know, now it's time to try to get you to be a, um, an active member in society and a citizen. You know, that's, that's the stance on that. This is very layered because honestly, we have to talk about prison reform. We have to talk about, we we have to talk why, about why a lot of things. Why is that something he's talking about? Like, what? Where did that come from? Why is that like? Because he like, believes in it. That's the thing. Like, he didn't have to say that, and that's why I do respect the fact that if that's what he believes, then because he said it's a slippery slope. When we start taking away people's rights, that it's a slippery slope, and you can start taking away more rights and more rights and more rights, and that's how we've gotten ourselves to the position that we're in now, where everything's so unjust. There's a point to be had there. I just I just don't think painting a broad stroke either way of like, yeah, no one no one who goes to jail should be allowed to vote. No one who's a convicted felon should be allowed convicted felon should be allowed to vote. Or, yeah, everybody in jail should be allowed to vote. I just don't think it's that simple. Broad strokes for me don't work. Like we really need to sit down, look at different crimes and how they should be punished in my eyes. And look at how people are convicted in the first place. It's layered. But listen, That's he went out there on the limb and he said it. And, and I was like, you know what? Well, I don't you agree. All talk about with like people in jail. That's well, what he was, talk about? Well, he was asked too. Like mm-hmm. these are questions that you're, you're answering the questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and he could have skirted around it, but he didn't. Like Kamala would have skirted way around that. So I really respect him for that. Don't agree, but respect him. And then my guy, Mayor Pete. You know, I really like Mayor Pete. <laughs> I believe in this guy. I believe that he's a good person. I believe that he's not a typical politician. He's just so green. And he came out there and, he, you know, he's a gay guy, a veteran, Harvard grad, um, super young. Um, but he just doesn't have any policy yet. And he needs to come up with policy and present that because right now he's riding this wave of like everybody likes me my personality everybody thinks that I'm presidential everybody thinks that you know I'm the guy that can possibly win over the the midwestern votes and and beat Trump but great we have that faith in you so now prove it to us like come up with some policy that what, we can get what, behind he just didn't say anything he just was... not really I mean he did they asked him very specifically because once Bernie said that they asked everyone they asked him like 
excuse me, do you agree with Bernie Sanders? And he was like, absolutely not. I do believe, though, that when people get out of jail, they should definitely have the right to vote once they've served their time, but they shouldn't be allowed to vote while they're serving their time. Um, and he was, and he said the the discussion is open for nonviolent and non-sexual offenders. That he's willing to look at that. Um, but yeah, you know, a lot of his stuff is a lot of the questions geared toward him is, you know, how are you going to stand apart as in this race as the most inexperienced, quote unquote? How are you going to? Uh, I don't know. Oh, how are you going to deal with people who might not agree with you because you're gay? And it's just like, it's it's getting redundant now. Now he needs to steer the conversation into these are my this these are my plans for the future. And this is like the actual ways in which I plan on getting these things done. So it was super interesting. I really hope people are staying charged. I really hope people are following. Um, Joe Biden is about to enter the race supposedly this Thursday. Oh, today when this podcast comes out. So we'll see about Joe. You know, he'll be the oldest person, I think, to ever be in office if he does win. Um, you know, he just had his Me Too mishap. Yeah. So, and he didn't handle that the best way. Even though I th- I don't I don't put it past him for a second. I don't think that he did anything. Like, he just is like that with everybody. Like, re- literally everybody. Um, but he could have handled it better. Like, the him joking about it and shit. Like, he, he just needs to get a grip on that. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm charged. I hope you're charged. But, um, you know, I wanted to talk about that more than Easter. But God bless Jesus. God did bless Jesus. God did bless Jesus. He blessed so. us with Jesus. <clears throat> Amen. Our woman. Uh, but, yeah, woman. let's get into it. What are we talking about? Oh, you have something else you want to talk about. Go I ahead. wanted to go. This is late, but I still, I, I feel like not a lot of, People, it's like no one's talking about it anymore, but I just wanted to talk about it again, and that's us, because I was super excited to see that movie. Us as in you and me? Us as in... (laughs) You're so fucking rude. (laughs) Us as in, uh, what's the nigga name? Jordan Peele movie? (laughs) Yes. The director of Get Out and the writer, I believe, of Get Out. And he is also the writer of this new movie, Us, which is a horror film featuring an all-black cast, Lupita being the Winston lead. Winston Duke. What's the... And the dude from... Um, Winston Duke. Oh, Winston said Duke. <laughs> I still don't want to, like, learn his name, so... The dude from Black Panther? The dude from Black Panther who was in the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> so, I saw it first... And I was really hyped to see it, and I was really into it and scared. And then, anyway, spoiler alert for everybody. Um, and then, you know, once, like, the, the climax hit or the plot was revealed, I was like, I was, I was kind of disappointed and just waiting <laughs> for it all to kind of come together and, and make sense. And then it just got more and more strange and then it was over and yes i didn't know what the fuck i saw <laughs> i was like okay but did you like what you saw that's I mean, the, like that's I, I, most I, important i wanted it to be so first of all we had i i personally had these unfair expectations on it 
because I wanted it to be as groundbreaking as Get Out was and as like savvy and like political. And it just wasn't that for me. Um, I was, uh, yeah, I remember I went by myself because you were like, I want to do an episode on us. So I was like, all right, let me go. So I went after work and I sat there and was just like, I spent $20 on this shit. What? Where the fuck movie theater you go to? Is that how Bitch, much they cost New York. in Philadelphia? Uh, New York? Yeah. You, listen, girl, you, 18, get you with the 1875, dope. something like that. That They are terrible. With the okie doke. I... I need to charge it to around way curls, but I um, it was just like I just felt like he. I don't know what I saw. Maybe I I need to read some think pieces. I didn't even invest in it. So afterwards. you didn't have any thoughts or questions. Or I like, just not. I know. I mean, I just thought like I. I mean, I just felt like I saw a horror movie with black people as the leads, white people as secondary characters, and that was the statement. Like. No, you're just going oh. to see a horror movie and these black people are the leads and it's just a horror movie. And no. everybody's looking for... Can I finish? Everybody's looking for like a deeper meaning, but maybe that's just it. Maybe it's just, this is the new normal. Get used to it. But I didn't really invest in it, in all honesty. I should. I will one day. But I didn't. Yeah, no, I think he was definitely trying to say something. Um, oh, right. I don't think it was like a... <laughs> Or I don't think it would <laughs> have all that symbolism and whatnot. And he wasn't trying to say something when I when I did do some research because I definitely left like what what made me know that it was greater than just a horror movie was when they said that they were Americans. They were like, yeah, were like we are Americans. And I was like, oh, shit, I don't know what that means, but that's gonna, supposed to mean something. I know, yeah, right. But then when, it, when, it, when the plot thickened and they revealed that, you know, there was this underbelly of, there was underbelly in society that had, you know, people's forgotten doppelgangers. To me, it made, to me, how I saw it was like, you know, America, because they did say they were Americans, is like this, um, you know, we're, we are in our own world and we are living high on the hog and we are enjoying our lives. And then there's a whole other, you know, I, countries, there's whole other societies that are are not receiving the same luxuries that we have, but are mm-hmm. still trying to emulate the way that we are. Um, but they have this fucked up, forgotten... They're just fucked up or forgotten, which is like half the world, and then there's Americans that are Western. Western I world. hear that. And you I know, don't... he talked about it being like, we are our worst enemies, you know... And at the the flip at the end was that for this whole time we were we were rooting for who we thought was the hero or who we thought was the good person. In the end, we find out that she was actually right, quote unquote, evil. And she was like she was wild. She did such a good job. I was really really impressed. Even though I didn't know what was going on half the time, I was just like, "Go ahead, Lupita, you are fucking it up right now." I think she did a really good job. <laughs> I agree. I think maybe I need to watch it again. But yeah. yeah. 
And then like the whole like the the music that he chose, like I don't know what that was all about. I got five on it. Uh, uh, da, 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 da. Yeah. He should just like, explain what he was trying to he say. He just needs to write his own think piece so we can know. And he then did. we can watch he it again and be like, did oh. say it, but I don't know if it like resonated. We were like, okay. Yeah, it just didn't resonate. It didn't resonate. Like, yeah, it could the way been the done other one did. A yeah. less abstract way, but Yeah. But I will say, um, I'm sorry, this isn't about uh, us, but uh, Game of Thrones is back on. First of all, you can hate all you want, Shanti. I don't hate. I just don't know nothing about that. I know that you would love this so much and be so invested. And I just want y'all to at her and just tell her how good it is. Like, this is the best show ever. I couldn't... I I bet it is. I just don't have access to it and... I told you that I would give you the HBO codes from Old Boy. Shout out to you. You know who you are. You know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, Game of Thrones next week, child, it's about to be the the battle of all battles. This is an 82-minute battle scene. This is like the biggest cinematic battle Battle in the history of television. So I'm super hyped. But shout that's out all. to Game of Thrones. Shout out to White Excellence that is Game <laughs> of Thrones. Because it is that. We really and have shout to talk out about. to, I'm so sorry, but real quick, shout out to everybody that watches Game of Thrones and peep that gray worm moment where he was like, nah, Masande, we gotta get out of here. We gotta get out of MAGA country. That shit was hilarious. There's like two black characters on the show. And they definitely, like, had their whole, like, racial moment of, like, now nah, we got to get the fuck out of here. So, for folks who peep that, shout out to y'all. Shout out to the two black people on that Holding globally it down. acclaimed show. All right. This leads us to our topic for the week, our main topic. Did it lead us to that? I'm leading us there. Okay. Make it smooth. <laughs> Y'all, Beyonce keeps us fed. That woman, oh my God. Oh my God. I, where were you when you found out that she, that not only was homecoming out, Shanti, but that the live album was also out? Where you were told you? me. Exactly. I gifted you in the morning, like, bitch, do yourself a favor. And, you were like, oh, my God, Sable's closed today. And I was like, oh, shit, you have time. But you didn't do it. You no. didn't do it. But Beyonce, I just have to, let me just say this, that Beyonce's film Homecoming, it takes black excellence to a whole new level. And she just makes it clear that there's a whole heap of history of black excellence from which she draws and the film is just filled with dynamic black imagery quotes from our black leaders and like the rarest behind the scenes footage on how Beyonce achieves her level of greatness that like we basically all admire to uh, all admire and aspire to like she she just She just set out to show the world. No, I'm serious. Like she just set out to show the world the importance and the splendor of black culture. Like it's a straight up love letter to us, and it just turned me out completely. It really did. I was turned out. I was crying watching that. 
And I was I have been skipping down the street to that live album since it came out. It has fueled everything in me. I'm sure y'all can hear a difference. I sound like a new person. I've been beat down on this podcast now. But Fuck she Jesus has delivered died came me. Back. And Tanette has died and risen. She is <laughs> Yo, risen. Beyonce rose me. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so serious. That shit... Please get into it. Please get into it. Like Netflix... Shout out to y'all. And God bless us all because we need to get our wigs ready because it just came out that this is one of three. Of three niggas. Oh, of three movies she is giving us. She is, she, listen. I am Beyonce. I don't know what we did to deserve to live yeah. in this era of Beyonce, but I am I grateful. I feature on Netflix. It is about <laughs> Don't do that. Don't mock her. Week course towards greatness no I did not want to watch it because I'm just I was she it wears me out and like I'm just I'm just trying to keep my head above water and go about my motherfucking day and I do not want to have to sit down for two hours and cry watching Beyonce And I just was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not in the mood for it. I'm not prepared. I don't know what she's going to do. Mm. Oh, cause wait. So you hadn't seen the Coachella performance? I didn't watch it th- entirely, and I didn't oh, watch wow. this one entirely. I think I stopped at. Wait, you um, didn't watch the whole whole? Not coming? entirely. I have to go back because I missed what? Blue singing, and I missed. Some, oh my some god. Parts. I didn't watch it entirely because God, I just... is a mug, yo. You can't focus. Just, if you can't focus on Beyonce, you can't focus on nothing. That, that is probably true. But I just <laughs> didn't... After a while, I was just like, all right, it is 12.30. I need to go to bed. No, oh, I don't but, have that kind of self-control. It was good. It was wonderful. I cried like immediately. I just started crying because I did feel so, I did. I felt so proud of her Uh, and I was just so, the energy, the energy on that stage. No, no, no. Wait, wait. You're skipping. How, so wait, who did you watch it with? By my motherfucking self. Okay. And then like, how did it make you feel? Three words. You Three words. Because we're going we gonna to break this down now. It made me feel... It inspired me. I felt inspired. I felt very, very proud of her. Um, and I felt... Child, this was your question. Hurry up. <laughs> You you wrote this on the damn outline. You're like, I felt. <laughs> All right, come on. Inspire, proud, next. Come on. That's it. I felt, it's, I've just felt really inspired and I felt really proud of her. Okay, so I watched it by my, I watched it like three times. <laughs> I watched it at the gym and I was just like, I have never been on the stairs and the damn elliptical longer in my life because I, I didn't want to leave just so I could finish it. And then I watched it like, on my travels to and from work last week. And then I watched it again. Well, I started watching it again. I was on a date. <laughs> Shout out to you. You know who you are. And he was talking about it, but I could tell he was confused a little bit. And it confused dawned on me. What? He hadn't seen Lemonade. So we turned it off and I made him watch Lemonade on our first date. <laughs> and he watched it and he was fine. But 
I just, I felt the three things, I felt definitely proud, but I felt proud of myself. I felt proud of us. I felt just proud to be included in this community. Um, I felt inspired and I felt rejuvenated. I did. I felt yeah, like. Yeah, that's a great word. Good job by Rejuvenated. You. Yeah, I just felt amazing. That's I good. I felt amazing. Yeah. What were your favorite scenes? My favorite scenes were um, when she, I don't know none of the fucking words of the songs, the Maybach song and the, and the, the I've been the down. Maybach. I didn't know. I never heard that song. When she what? put on the, I've, where, what, what said, album I'm, was that she on? She said, it's not one album, it was DJ Khaled and he just released it. She said, I'm the only lady here still the realest nigga No, I know room. that song, but there's another song I've been on. I never heard that one. Oh, that's part of the um that's part of uh bow down. It's just like the beginning of it that she kept like she just like mixed it. Oh. I love the scene with the two dancers. I love the scene of the the girl spinning the motherfucking baton. Yeah. I loved <sighs> What else do I love? I can't remember anything. Um I'm gonna stop there. You go. I love so I love the opening just to see her yeah. when those dancers spun out of her way. And it was no shock to me because I saw the Coachella performance. But when I saw it again, I was just like, <laughs> like dressed as Nefertiti in her fucking leotard strut. And literally she put that on just to put it like she had that one for maybe I know, to take 10 off. seconds just to take like that. That elaborate ass (laughs) costume. But she had a statement to make and she made it and I love that. I absolutely love the scene. Um, Well, I just like all the performances, but I really love the scene where she's talking to her, her, um, like her crew. And it's still, she's saying like, this is a great show, but it's still not translating on film. And we need to do X, Y, and Z and like pushing them. Mm-hmm. And it's super late and you can tell everybody's tired. No one's saying anything. And then she's just like, you know, I know everybody's working hard, but, you know, we got to get it. We got to get it to where it needs to be. And I was like, boom, I so respect that. I so identify with that and I love it. And then she was like, it's my anniversary. You got to go. Like she was even late. It's like, and then Jay was just stood up and was like, okay, well, good night. Uh, I loved that and I um, I really well hmm, I'm trying to only pick three I guess I really well I really enjoy I really enjoyed the behind the scenes I really enjoyed I wish there were more behind the scenes yeah I really enjoyed her talking about her body and how she felt so disconnected from it and how like and seeing her, like, how hard she worked to get back, like, connected to it after the twins and, you know, just feeling like, just just seeing her kind of grapple with that pressure. It was, like, interesting to see her as a human because I, I sometimes forget that she is. Um, so that was, that was really cool. Um, but everything, like, overall imagery and symbolism, like, 
I would love to run that down. I love, I love the dancers. And when the one dancer was so inspired and hype off of seeing the other people fucking up. And she's just like crying. Yes. And I loved seeing the audience because... Like all the young black girls that were in the audience just And you like, saw yeah. that she only panned to them. Yeah. Like there were tons of white folks in the audience, but she was just like, this is about us right now. I love and that. I, yeah. And they were just like me on my couch. We were just like doing the same thing. And I was like, yeah. And they were just young, regular girls just hyped. And was but great. that's the thing. So let's talk about that. So like there's... There was so much imagery and symbolism. And, and in watching the film and watching... From watching the film and then watching Coachella, I got so much more out of the performance after watching the film. Like, my dumbass didn't even realize that the stage was a pyramid. I just thought, like, oh, she just wants stairs. She just has everybody elevated. But, like, the fact that she has the pyramid and the symbolism behind the pyramid, the Nefertiti outfit, the dancers and the cat suits with the sphinxes, it's all a callback to um, Kemet and Egypt and basically saying, like, we fucking started civilization, Like, let's be clear. Just like half this culture that you guys love so much, we started it. And y'all have to make space for us. And even at Coachella, like when she said, you know, I was determined not to go to Coachella in my flower crown. Like I was going to put my Nefertiti crown on and they were going to have to make space, especially as especially with her being the first black female headliner it was like okay and the fact that she took that on and just rose to that occasion (laughs) right she just rose to that occasion and was like okay I have to make a statement with this opportunity and so I respected that then of course her singing the black national anthem and this was you know, Coach, when she performed, it was a little like the whole Colin Kaepernick national anthem thing was like still really hot. It was like a real hot button issue. So for her to go out and how many times have we heard her sing the regular national anthem? You know, she sang it for Barack and them like she sings this shit all the time. But the fact that she made that switch just kind of showed her evolution into um, just becoming more of herself, I guess, and, and, and just owning, I guess, more of her black identity. Um, and then seeing Blue sing that and her, like, clapping for Blue. Like, Blue sounds good. She has, like, a good little ear on her where she... Uh, I, could, she's I was dancing. just she's so learning the happy. choreography. I know. Like, she is going to be up. so dynamic. She's probably going to be a CEO and just run shit. But um, just seeing that and seeing the traditions passed down from generation to generation, you know, the hats that the dancers wore, that was an ode to the Black Panther Party. Then, you know, you have all of this, even the symbolism within the music. Like, first of all, whoever put that music set together was unreal. Like, she had, of course, back that ass up thrown in there. She had Drake stuff thrown in there. She had fuck the mother niggas because I'm down for my nigga in there. Like, she had thrown it all in there. And it's kind of subtle. She had, like, freak in there. Like, all those little things that are staples within... Black culture and black, black music, culture. like those, right. It was just yeah. like, I'm going to infuse this in here and you guys are going to take it and love it. And uh, it, and if uh, you don't understand it, you're still going to love it. But if you do understand it, 
like it's like a like an unspoken language, you know? Because yes. there's probably like a lot of white people that had no idea what. There were probably a lot of white and black people that didn't know the national anthem, black national oh, anthem, God, don't upset or like me. all of those songs, you yeah. know. Uh, they they didn't know that are just so rich and like rituals and black culture. Oh, I just dropped something. But like the fact that it was just like a little unspoken language, and I just. I think that I think that's like the new move with um with this quote unquote black excellence is just like showing up and being your best self and not having to be like overtly you know this is this right. we're black but just show up and be great and for other black people they're going to see it they're going to know it they're going to acknowledge it they're going to feel it they're going to be inspired by it and white people or whoever else are probably going to enjoy it too but maybe not under Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Stand or, like, pick up pick up everything. I know. And then like having the Beyonce crest uh, with like the, what was on there? Like the Black Panther, the Nefertiti, the Black uh, Fist, like the B for her. Like just having that symbolism was cool. And then even having like, you know, the she even incorporated Malcolm X's Who Taught You How to Hate Yourself speech in there, which was just like, what? What? Who is this person? Where is this coming from? Like, this is naughty girl. This is baby boy. Like, what is she? Who is this? I just, I, ah, I was thrilled. <laughs> I was thrilled. I really was. I just thought to myself, like, what an amazing feat for an artist to have this kind of arc and this kind of like, it's almost like character analysis, like this character arc of like, you start here and then you, you know, she's like at her peak right now to me. Like, I, I just don't know how, how much higher she could go. Like, it's just crazy. And then the HBCU experience. Can you please like help me out with this? Cause I just, I, you and I didn't go to an HBCU. I wanted and to it go to Howard so wish. bad. I wanted yes. to go to Howard, but I'm glad I'm not it, in debt made me wish that I would have made that choice. But everything happens for a reason. I probably wouldn't have been focused there. I'd have been partying the shit in all honesty. Because <sighs> it's just too lit. Sometimes it's just too lit for 
our little biracial selves to handle. Oh my just lose God. our minds, you know? We just probably get there and be like, child, what is this seasoning? Well, she didn't oh go to an HBCU either. Shut up, Anton. And I just heard, what in the fried chicken deliciousness? What the hell? My mama ain't never. Is um, this Lowry's? What's Lowry's? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, get, I get sea salt. <laughs> I have pink Garlic Himalayan salt. sea salt in my house. I actually, my mom gifted me pink Himalayan sea salt for Christmas, bitch. I got a whole bag of it. God bless her. Mm-hmm. No, I know. I know. I, it, uh, she didn't go to HBCU, but what she did do, she grew up in the South. She grew up around the culture, and she used to go to the Battle of the Bands when she was little, which I think we should take that trip one year. I think we need to go. We need to just fly out to the Battle of the Bands because that would be so much fun. Like where all the top bands get together and they just fucking battle out with their choreography and kill it. Yes. Do you want to go? Yes, and I would like to take my daughter. And I can't wait for JoJo to see this. This is another thing. I'm going to set it up and finish the the entire documentary with JoJo. Because my daughter dances and I see her when I'm not looking at her and she's like straight up doing choreography. Like she's like (laughs) arching her back and... She's like doing modern dance. So I want her to see this because I feel like it's like my Moonwalker. When I saw Moonwalker by Michael Jackson, I was like, what the fuck is is this? this? And what was he doing when he was a little kid? And I was just so enamored and excited. So, I mean, I was like, is this appropriate for an eight-year-old to watch? But... Yeah, what do you think about that? Well, I talked to her today. Not today, but I talked to her about it, and I was like, you know, she's a grown woman, and nothing that she's doing is wrong, but the energy that she's giving off is she's a grown woman. So you're still a young girl. You're not like, you don't need to... Stay in your lane, sis. Emulate that. I feel it. I think that's a good way to approach it. I don't know. I don't know. She's going to be in here fucking like humping on humping the-, the couch. <laughs> Doing splits. And I'll be like. Don't do it. She can watch that shit in a couple years, child. Just just play the soundtrack. She's like, nope. Or you can skip. You can skip through like um, par- uh, partition. Skip through that. I mean, Blue watches it. Blue- Listen. Blue does. Blue was Blue was at the on the run tour watching her dad mom butt naked in the bed. Like, hey, whatever. Blue is there ain't nothing the wrong sun. with sex, okay? And ain't nothing wrong with a woman being sexual. It's just you don't. It's not for a child. Yeah, that energy. I don't even know about that energy. Yes, on your little ass. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we veered off the HBCU <laughs> experience. Can we please? I that whole so. First of all, the drum is is obviously significant within black culture, within African American African American culture, African culture like we all know that the drum was used to actually speak to one another. It was like it's a language in and of itself. And for me, like when I hear a good drum line, I'm just I'm ready to I'm it like alert. Hypes it hypes up. you up. It's like a call to action of like, okay, 
We about to, we are about to be lit as fuck. We are about, like, we're about about to to have an outer body experience. Yes. It's the same as, like, if you hear a bunch of, like, congas or djembes and shit and, like, like, I don't know, dance Africa or something. It's it's like that same, it stirs that same kind of feeling within me. And then to see the men. And horns. Right. The men out there. Dancing and carrying on and stepping, and the women. She had like fifty billion people on stage. Then she had the all black killing ass band, and then on top of that, she had these some of these dancers. Now some of them were tiny, but there were a couple of them dancers that was thicker than a snicker, honey. And I was elated. elated. I was just like, yes, I we like to celebrate all bodies. I like Thank that you. she was saying, like you know. Um, I want to capture the energy of mm-hmm. this stage. Like, y'all better get the sound. Y'all better get the fucking feet hitting the floor, the hand clapping, the yells, the sweat falling on the ground. You better get this. I was like, yes. Yeah, that's what she kept, that's what she was saying to the people. Like, you know, for whatever reason, it's not translating on camera and it needs to. So, yeah, she. I feel like she did that. And I think that's a really hard thing. I think to adapt... Um, a stage show to a film is not the easiest thing in the world. So shout out to her and her team because that was amazing. Um, I was so excited about Destiny's Child too. <laughs> and Kelly looked so good. And Kelly was like, her energy was different than it's ever been either. Like Kelly was like... Well, she's married. She's a mom. She's coming to her own, you oh, know. She, she had her solo so career. Good. She looked yeah. fabulous. I was. So but Shanti, you have a um, quote here about. Do you want to read that? Oh, it's just it's just going back. Um, I I was really really impressed. Me, I always like. For a lot of people that I talk to, for a lot of artists, artistic folk that I talk to, they have trouble with Beyonce because they think that she just steals everybody's ideas and then she doesn't give people credit. So I have been and have always been interested in, like, who's behind the scenes. So I love the dancing. So I looked up the um, choreographers, and they're the same two gentlemen that she's been working with for a long time, um, one of which choreographed single ladies, which was iconic. And he was just, again, talking about, and this is what I've been trying to develop in my own representation of what blackness is or just showing up in the world um and not always making it like a political thing like we're black this is a black business we're a black podcast but rather just showing up and being excellent so what he said was we don't really consider it political i'm sorry this is jaquiel knight i think i'm saying his night his name right he's one of the choreographers and he's the one that choreographed choreographed single ladies and he said we don't really consider it political for us it's embracing who we are the show was very black for lack of a better word from all aspects and we wanted to show love through who we are this is where we come from and this is how we love and this is how we jam and this is our world I think the whole HBCUs and the homecoming experience is a very specific experience if you've never been to a homecoming game you don't know so again it's just this like if you know the language, you know the language. If you if you know what the nod means, you know what the nod means. And right. you don't necessarily 
have to be explicit. And I think she did that in she a just incredible fine herself, line. Yeah. yeah, she did. I mean, she was it was super black, but it was it wasn't preachy. It no. wasn't off. It it was it's still inclusive though. Yeah. It was super black but still very amazing. inclusive to everyone else. It was like, okay, and I'm I, just going to offer you this. And I think that that's how so many cultures in America have been allowed to exist. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Asians, Koreans, Latinos, they're just able to be who they are and it doesn't have to be this political ex- statement and people enjoy it and absorb it and learn from it. And I think that we slowly but surely are are learning how to exist without um, without worrying about Code whiteness. It's like whiteness <laughs> doesn't have to be involved in it. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like either you mm-hmm. you're with it or you're not. You know? So. Yeah. I really like what he said about, you know, the homecoming experience is a very specific experience. Because I feel like the even the title homecoming is such a double meaning for her. Like I get the play on words with like homecoming and it's like, okay, we're doing the whole HBCU theme. But I feel like this was like a test. This was like a expression of I feel home within myself or Mm. like what or or even an invitation for other folks to come home, Mm. you know, like where I just I feel like Beyonce has found some sort of solace and comfort in her blackness. And I feel like she used to, I mean, seemingly run away from it. Um, because she was like a master code switcher, master assimilator. Like she was just there. There were times when you couldn't even tell the girl was she was a, a, a black woman. Um, and even like in her speech, it's so interesting to hear her talk now because she some of her country comes out. Whereas if you look at old interviews, she was absolutely in a speech class. Um, not the Destiny's Child interviews, but when she went solo. They, I mean, I just feel like it was probably her father, but just they made sure that she was marketable to everyone Um, because she was up against Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera. Like there was a whole genre that she was trying to break into and she had to kind of fit that mold. So to see her come into her own and to see that she's arrived home within herself, within her marriage, in her mission, her motherhood, her craft, her ratchetness, you know, her divinity and her duality. Like she's just like, I am all these things. And I have never, she just see. it seems like she's never been more comfortable within herself. Yeah, I totally saw that. So it's, it feels even more different than Lemonade. Yeah, it feels, there's a joy, you know, like Beyonce was always killing it, but I don't know how happy she was, you know, like, Every performance was like, you know that you're going to get a great performance. You see But joy? there was like moments of, I see joy mm. when she's performing. Yeah, I see her smiling and laughing and being more playful on stage. Where like, that she feels, I don't know, that she feels like she has more agency and license over herself and who she is. I, I, and I don't know. Go ahead. I find her to be... 
I find her, I, I don't know if it's joy. I wouldn't, I don't think it's go, joy, but not in a bad way. I just feel like she feels other otherworldly to me. And I don't say that like, oh, she's superhuman or she's this other thing. I, I see her feeling, I don't know. She just, she, she, she feels like she's here, but she's almost like she's not here in a way to me. And that may sound strange, but, um, I, I feel like she is, I feel like she has is has undergone or is aware of a a spiritual practice. I feel like she has mm. a spiritual practice. I so, think that's so she with has lemonade, like one, yeah. yeah, she's like one foot in and one foot out and I think that um yeah, that it's it's grounding her but it's also like she's she's she also like is not as committed to the material, like the glitz and glamour. I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but she, I, I definitely think she has like a spiritual practice going on. Mm. And it, it maybe, you know, maybe that's also given her the, the okay to like be out here and, and be a little bit more political or a little bit saying more. Having a little bit well, more. Well, she said there there depth. was, I mean, Tina Knowles, um, when when Coachella first hit, she said that she questioned Beyonce on the show and was like, do you think this is a smart move? Like, know your audience. You're going to Coachella. And that Beyonce's response was, I worked really hard <laughs> to be able to perform what I want to perform and be the artist that I am. And this is the statement that I want to make. And listen, she made it. I I think I'm curious to know how you felt about her. Because, again, we got these really great behind the scenes uh, footage of her, you know, struggling to lose baby weight, um, struggling to get back in her costume, you know, having fucking up choreography and getting frustrated with herself you know, all these things. And we really got to see her process. And I really, I enjoyed that because it was like, most times she just wants to be like this superhuman kind of person and not not see, not let us see, you know, the work that goes into it. So I'm curious to know how you feel about her work ethic because I was obsessed with it. Like the what I took from this was like, okay, it took Beyonce eight months to prepare for for a two hour show. And I just put that into perspective of like, I need to think about that the next time I want to rush my own process or throw in the towel. If I don't get like the instant gratification that I was looking for, you know, I just thought like, okay, preparation, organization, what vision, accountability and integrity are so necessary in order to achieve your goals. And I was just like, I love the fact that she's crazy about it. I love the fact that like she's in a relationship where she can say to her husband, like, babe, I know it's our anniversary, but I have rehearsal. Come with rehearsal, come to me, <laughs> come to rehearsal, and then we will leave and do whatever the hell we gotta do. But I'm gonna get this done because this is my, you know, this is the project that I care about. This is like another, 
it's a, it's a baby. It's like another child. Yeah. And and seeing her struggle with that balance of being a mom and having the twins and, you know, and I don't know. It was just really, what did you, what did you take from I, that? I admire her work ethic. I too was inspired by the preparation and the precision. Those were the two words that I really got mm. from that. Um, I think we should be very careful and realistic that this is Beyonce's documentary. And so I have her, her actual revealing of what she went through was, was not in fact candid or not in fact rare because she's, she is, let's be real, it's Beyonce. She's controlling what people see. So I, I think that, go. no, it's true. I think you should be really clear. And I think it's, I think we should be very clear that it, it is Beyonce. Beyonce has 22 years of experience. Beyonce is wealthy as fuck. And her dedication and what she sacrifices is different than what, than, than our sacrifice. And I say that to say we need to be prepared and we need to, have precision, but I think it's really, I think it's dangerous that we wrap work ethic and success that she's wrapped up in, in all of those things because it's just, it's just a drastically different life that she's leading. She has nannies. She has a husband that doesn't necessarily, she has a husband. She has a husband that doesn't necessarily have to like work she has just a support system that beyond what we could ever think that he doesn't have to work i think that no i'm i mean i think that he does but he doesn't have to be at a job to nine to five and if he doesn't have to be there he gets fired and like you know if he doesn't go to his job there won't be food on the table i don't know he has they have a level of leniency and support that allows her to be able to work 15 hours and then perhaps rest, you know, a full nine hours and she doesn't have to give up, get up. And she has a coach that's helping her body and knows the human body well. Yeah, and a nutritionist. And a nutritionist. She just has things that, yeah, Beyonce had those issues, but they're, you're not going to be able to logistically and realistically face them and meet that adversity in the way that she does not to say that we not to say that you know you you don't meet it and that you just throw it all away and like ah fuck it but I just think it you know when you when you the only thing that rubs me the wrong way is that Beyonce is incredibly wealthy and she's incredibly beautiful and like those two things fuck with us. It fucks with me. It fucks with you. It fucks with women in, in a way that I can't even, I don't even know how to scratch. And I've always been trying to like figure out how to unearth how it's a mixture of extreme pride and aspiration. Also like, you know, like I, I untouchable it. There's a distance. There's like, I, I can't. <coughs> I don't feel that though. <coughs> I feel inspired, if anything. Like, for me, you might feel that way, but I for me, when I... I feel inspired, too. I, but I, wait, I wait, do. For, wait, for me, I feel like <clears throat> when I see her, 
strutting across the stage, being super fit, being fabulous, being all these things. I don't, for whatever reason, there's other women that I do feel like, oh, and I compare myself to them. But for her, with her, for some reason, I don't. I feel like she is inviting me along to do it too. Like that it's like an invitation of like, get your ass up here and strut too. Not a I'm great. No, you it's will not. Never be as great as me, kind of thing. Like that's just not how I'm left feeling. I'm not saying that you're saying she is actively doing that. I'm just saying I don't feel that way. I don't feel any no, comparison I th- when I see Beyonce her. Beyonce is on feel... a pedestal beyond Joe Schmo. Beyonce, yes. You, Beyonce is on a pedestal, and she's held in a way that no. Very few women, if any women in our era, are held. And that, that creates a distance. That creates a, the experience. And our relationship to her is different. And I think, I think mm-hmm. that she manages... I think that she... <clears throat> I, I just think when we talk about work ethic and all of... You know, there's 24 hours in a day. Beyonce has 24 hours in a day. I think that it's just a slippery slope for us to be thinking that our grind is so is going to be like hers and that's okay and that's fine and that that's wonderful that's okay it's just I don't think that folks are saying that their grind is going to be like hers I think they're just saying that you know women can get shit when I see that I see women can get shit done but she's not doing everything she's not well, doing Shanti- everything She's not. She didn't quit. No one, no one person really is doing everything. You have help. You have your mom. You have people around you that help you out too. It's just on a different, it's just on a different like level. I, I understand what you're saying, but I'm just like, I, I don't, I, I think that, I think that for the level that she's at, I think that she is doing a lot. I think that she is still being a mom to her kids. I think she is still being a wife. I think that when it comes to her work, she's incredibly involved. She said it herself that she handpicked each dancer, that she sat there with the film crew and she's looking at all the footage, that she's picking the angles, that she's picking out the hair, she's picking out the the designs. Like she, that is a lot of work for someone that puts on like large productions. It's a lot of fucking work involved yeah. in that. No, I'm not taking that. I'm not taking it from her. I'm not but taking I'm it just, from her. I'm just saying that it, the grinds don't need to be compared. It's like, I understand what you're saying. Like, yeah, Beyonce has 24 hours in a day, but I also don't have a billion dollars. Got it completely. But it's the difference between having her as a, I guess, as a hero or someone that you admire, um, having her in your head when you're thinking about just like procrastinating on some shit that you know you could get done. Right. It's like that that type of, that's how I see it. I don't see it as like, oh, I'm supposed to be working as many hours as Beyonce and being as successful as Beyonce. Like, no, I don't have all the resources that she has. (laughs) I don't have those resources. But what I do have what I am in control of, I'm going to control that. And I think that's more of the narrative. Like what you are capable of, that's what you need to do for yourself. You know? And even she said, it's about like, there was a point where she was like, I can't, I can no longer be here till the wee hours of the morning because I am a mom and I am now a wife. So I have to find that balance and I have to move differently, which I, I think is a very mature grown up statement. From somebody who I think is a workaholic a bit. 
like yeah and she said she wouldn't push herself she wouldn't do it she wouldn't push herself that hard yeah she was like I would never do this again not not this soon after having kids no but she had fucking twins and a c-section I did not know she had a c-section she had yeah she had a uh she didn't have a good pregnant delivery and she had preeclampsia Oh my God, that's scary. You're supposed to be like, with preeclampsia, you're bedridden. They don't even let you do anything because your cervix can't, won't stay closed to hold the babies. So she was bedridden. And now she goes through a C-section, which is like, they literally are moving your intest, like moving your internal organs all over the place to get these kids out. And shit in what 10 months I got a huge show that I got to prepare for that's crazy that is bananas bananas (laughs) the fact that we said that at the same time it's bananas so I mean I hear I I hear you know it is dangerous but I do I I salute her though I salute no I'm not taking anything away I'm not taking anything away I think she I think however Unrealistic, she is in many ways. She offers an incredible, she's just inspirational. And anybody that says she's not inspirational is, is, is insane. Is, is insane. A hater. And that, and I talked to somebody, you know who you are. I love you to death. I talked to somebody and they're like, oh no, I don't like Beyonce because she just steals people's ideas. And like, Ew, can you text me who that is? No. I can tell you don't want to say it. Tell me. No. I, and there's, there's no lie. Like, there's no lie. Beyonce takes the best of the best. And, so does Rihanna. Mm, I know, but... <laughs> so does everybody. I don't know, Everybody's I don't inspired know if, by somebody. I don't know if Rihanna chooses them the way that I don't know I don't know Rihanna's Rihanna process. had a whole ass girl there's a whole white girl from Australia that's like she put out a whole thing about basically doing like three years ago I did this now Rihanna's doing this two years ago I did this now Rihanna's doing this and when Rihanna's I tell you that, somebody this, on yo this no, shit no, no, was I don't identical. mean by looks we don't I don't mean like looks I no, mean it wasn't like just looks it wasn't just looks it was like work. video it was like Songs, it was like style, it was all of that incorporated. I, well, that just because no Rihanna Rihanna's doesn't doesn't validate stealing people's stuff. I'm just saying everybody does it, but everybody does it. I don't know if that. Not everybody does it. That's not true. But I think I think people take. Oh, well, I guess they said Michael Jackson did that too. Yes, he did. That's but what, I'm, what I'm trying to say he, is he was that, inspired by James Brown. What I'm trying to say, or no, they say like he actually more so than just biting styles. No, Michael, like fuck that. Michael came up with his own shit. He took Fred Astaire, James Brown, and people are still stealing his stuff. But it's even the choreographer that Beyonce used, Chris Grant fucking was the background for Michael Jackson for This Is It. So Michael Jackson is, is similar to Beyonce. He's just on some whole other shit. But I think that she is, rather than a thief, I think she's like a curator. I think that it takes a certain ability or a certain taste level, a certain, a certain um, yeah, taste level to be like, this person has it, this is dope, this is cutting edge, this is a trend-setting thing and then incorporate it into her work no that's what curators do that's what gallery artists do that's that's just what they do they pick up and coming artists and they 
they put them on in certain ways. So at first I was like, yeah, you're right. She does steal stuff. And she has. And I don't know many, like, Worsenshire, I don't know that Beyonce explicitly was like, Worsenshire wrote all of the ad-libs to Lemonade. Those weren't mine. But at the same time, I knew that it was Worsenshire. The ad-libs was hilarious. I don't know what it's called. Poetry? (laughs) (laughs) But she didn't, she she just was speaking. said the ad she she fucking she equated Worcestershire to fucking Migos you're bitch oh my god she didn't explicitly like, say this is Worcestershire but like I also knew it was worse than Shire. And I was like, she got a check, I was so though. excited you know for that her. Check was yeah. crazy. And I was just oh. like, wow, worse than Shire. Beyonce fucking knows how amazing you are. So she's a curator. She's, she's, she knows what's hot. She has her finger on the pulse, or somebody she's hiring does. I don't know. I don't fucking know. Either way. Oh my God. <laughs> all that to say she doesn't know. Um, all right. Let's wrap more. this up. I, can we do the take? I want to do the take. I was reading. I was on the train and I was just reading like all these Beyonce homecoming articles. And one really stood out to me. And it basically, I was like, oh, this is the takeaway. So shout out to Black Enterprise. Oh. Black Enterprise was like, Beyonce taught us five things about in homecoming. And the first one is uh, sacrifice is a must. And contrary to what Shanti's talking about, <laughs> it just says that in Homecoming, she teaches us that like in order to bake, make big moves, sacrifices must be made. And she worked tirelessly for months, yada, 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 yada. And um, I do think that, you know, sacrificing When things, did I say you can't sacrifice? It was a joke. Oh, here you go. I'm just saying. I did. I I just was curious. If it wasn't a joke, I just want. I don't know what you. When did I say you can't sacrifice? It was a joke. It was a joke. Well, your jokes joke. are not funny, internet. You gotta work <laughs> on creating better, so... more like <laughs> ironic, funny jokes. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. I'm sorry. It was an ad lib. <laughs> um, the second one is it will get uncomfortable, and I thought that was. Interesting, because I think that oftentimes, I'll speak for myself, but that when I start to get uncomfortable or I start to feel like, of course, being uncomfortable is like where you're growing, usually. And sometimes I'll be like, no, it's not for me, because this, this, like there's a, I don't know, sometimes there's a difference between feeling like pushed and then feeling uncomfortable. And, um... I think that I sometimes need to stick with things a little longer, even when I am uncomfortable or when it is taking me out of my comfort zone. Um, but in order to achieve a certain whatever level of greatness you want to achieve, it it may get uncomfortable along the way, and that's okay, you know. And Beyonce, you know, she exhibited that with you know saying that her body wasn't the same saying that she was tired, she didn't know how to balance motherhood, and da-da-da-da. So she definitely pushed herself outside of her comfort zone, which I think in order to grow, it's necessary. Yes. And, uh, yeah, understand your why. 
That's a great one. Mm. Like, I'll never forget sitting down and really talking to you about, like, what is our mission and vision? Like, when we had the blog and when we were kind of selling out a bit and being like, yeah, we'll we'll review your product or, yeah, we'll do. And it was just for money. It was like, wait. And I remember you being like, this doesn't feel good to me. Like, this doesn't feel like what we set out to do. I was like, all right, I'm about to get this perm, and I don't know why, Angela, this is not right. <laughs> it wasn't a perm, yes. No, but you, and I, and, I, and I was like, yeah, we're starting to feel a little bit like sellouts, a little bit. Like every other day we're, you know, I don't know, just writing another corny-ass post about a product that's not really in our daily rotation. So you have to know your why. You have to know what your intentions are. I think I think that that's why it's really important that we do these takeaways. It's like, okay, what is the reason why we're doing this episode? Let's make, you know, as fun as it is, let's make sure that we have intention behind it. Yes. Um, right? Right? Yes. Okay. Some motherfuckers know why they just listened to this for two hours. Oh, why right, 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 right. you just listen to why. these <laughs> You know what's funny is half the people turn it off before we even get to the takeaway, but that's okay. Um... Don't overlook the details. I love that. I personally, personally, personally love it. I think that we have to be meticulous when it comes to our, um, you know, our pet projects, our, anything that we do that, that we are being intentional about. It's important for us to look at it from all angles and make sure that it, from all angles, that it's representative of us and our mission and our vision. So like, you know, she talked, there's a quote from her and she just said in the film, like, I respect things that take work. I respect, you know, I build from the ground up. I'm super specific about every detail. I personally selected each dancer, every light, the material on the steps, the height of the pyramid, the shape of the pyramid. Every patch was hand sewn. Every tiny detail had intention. And I think that when you put that kind of intention into your work, um, whether it whether the audience knows why or not, it resonates. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's um, how you build, that's how things turn out successful. And you have integrity about yeah. your shit, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of integrity, the last takeaway is always give your all. And that's just, I don't know, you can't explain that. If you don't get always give your all, then child, just turn this off and try again. You just got to, you just got to give, you just got to give it. Give it what you, you got, give, give it, it what all. you got. Yeah. You just got to give what you can, honey. So, you know, Beyonce's out here doing the Lord's work on Easter. Child. Amen. Was that Easter when she dropped that? No, but Easter just passed. You just ruined another joke of mine. It's Antoinette. Yo, we got to help her. Like, I don't. (laughs) Somebody help her. Oh, struggle bus over here. It's okay. I'm going to get it together. So, yes, this is our episode this week. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Beyonce. That's what my godmom calls her. I love it, Beyonce. <laughs> I'm so curious to know, like, how many people are going to be like, these bitches talking about Beyonce again, whatever. Where's the ding we'll at? We need a ding. No, I'm not dinging ever. She ding, is life. Ding. All right. Well, Shanti, do you have anything that you would like to add? 
No. Beyonce, I just, I'm just proud of her. And I think I am going to let JoJo watch that. I'm Wonderful. Gonna, just JoJo, don't you do that. Don't let me catch you out here being gyrating. Gyrating and being feminine goddess deity. <laughs> Whatever. Put your long dress on and know that Jesus is thy womb. <laughs> or whatever the fuck internet says <laughs> The womb of Jesus I need Is to where look you that need to live up. It's thy womb Jesus I know that they, <laughs> I know that that's it I know I was in church saying that Catholic players Yes Here it you is You were in oh, Catholic huh. school internet you were, Bitch, Your mom is Catholic Because oh, you're Italian Italian yes. South Philly Italian Shout out to the Italians Listen for thy womb, Jesus. It's here. Hold on. Give me. There is a prayer. Why are all these prayers on here? Hold on. <laughs> I think it's out here praying. Praying? What the, the fuck? Where is, is it? Because I just searched it and it showed up. Internet, Not... do you pray? What? Do you pray? Yeah. I pray for you every day, child. You're like, dear God. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. That's in Hail Mary, bitch. <laughs> Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sins. No, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. And I thank you for that prayer at the end of this episode. We need to end every episode <laughs> with a prayer. Now, nah, we ended it with a track from Beyonce's new Homecoming album. So, with that, we out. <laughs> I'm not saying that no more. That's the last time I'm saying. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Just click I'm the sorry. thing. I'm ah. sorry.